Chapter 12 of Neither Here Nor There. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mendel Hastings. Neither Here Nor There by Oliver Herford. Mademoiselle Fauteuil. It is harder for a table or chair to behave naturally on the stage than for a camel to be free and easy in a needle's eye or for Mr. Rockefeller to get into heaven, or hell, with the money. What can be more pathetic than the spectacle of a helpless young chair or table or settee starting on a stage career, shining with gilt varnish and high ambition to reflect in art's mirror the drawing-room manners of the furniture of real life? Mademoiselle Fauteuil, that is her stage name, in private life she is just plain sofa, is fresh, charming, and of the best manufacture. She appears nightly in a Broadway theater, yet she has attracted no attention. She has received no press notices. Certainly this is from no lack of charm on her part. Her legs are delightful. In the contemplation of their gilded curves, one scarcely notices that she has no arms or that her back is slightly curved and her upholstery a brocade of the season before last. In a hushed, papier-mâché voice, the property man told me the story of Mademoiselle Fauteuil's persecution, how, at the first rehearsal with scenery, she occupied a perfectly proper position between the center table and the bay window, how the leading lady insisted on her being moved as she obstructed that superior person's path when, after writing the letter, she crossed to the window to see if her husband is in the garden. Mademoiselle Fauteuil was then transferred to a station between the table and the fireplace. This was all right until the scene between the husband and wife, when the husband walks back and forth, quickly upstage and slowly downstage, between the table and the fireplace. This time, it was not a case of politely requesting the intervention of the stage manager. Poor mangled Fauteuil. When she was picked up from the orchestra pit where he had thrown her, it was found that two of her rungs were fractured and her left caster was broken clean off at the ankle. After half a day in the hospital without either anesthetics, flowers, or press notices, she reappeared on the left side of the stage between the center table and the safe. Here she was conspicuous and happy until it was found that the erring son, in his voyage from the window to the safe, was compelled to take a difficult step to one side to avoid the fauteuil. Bandied from right to left, upstage and downstage, at last Mademoiselle Fauteuil landed in her present obscure position to the right of the stairway pillar, where, though miserably obscure, she interferes with nobody's stage business. In the interior set as now played, there is only one chair with a speaking part. This is the Jacobean chair on which the leading man leans when talking to the ingenue. In the first act, it faces left so that he may show his favorite profile. In the second act, the chair is reversed in order that the audience may enjoy his more popular and extensively photographed left profile. The moral of this story is that the furniture on the stage must never appear more intelligent than the actors. End of Mademoiselle Fauteuil Recording by Mendel Hastings.